His entire life up to this point has been taking care of a dragon. Yeah, Mipo's stone cold. He's got a thousand yards stare and he's never seen a thousand yards distance in his life. <laughs> and then after lunch, what will we do? Right. <laughs> Live from the Mundangerous Barbecue Pit in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 12 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place, where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized. And living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called Dragon Marks shape the fate of their bearers and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zalargo and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. Tez Proudgale is entering into enemy territory to finally locate Belak the Outcast and end his reign of terror in this part of Breland. He's also looking for treasure. My secret cap is it's all enemy territory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust anyone. Meepo's the total opposite. Meepo lives everywhere. That's, yeah, he's a, he's a citizen of the world. <laughs> I, uh, Shane, have just encountered the fire snake for the first time. And, uh, and Tez, having obviously known what a fire snake was until since he was a child, was completely unsurprised <laughs> by this, but I was not. <laughs> Oh, a pit erupts, and it it swallows a bugbear whole, and it's full of a snake that's on fire. I was like, what manner of demon is this? It's a dragon with a balor for a heart. This is a third edition module, so screw you. <laughs> exactly. You didn't run away at the right time, idiot. I'm glad that I can hit the long rest button on my uh, D&D Beyond sheet and go ahead and revisit this problem in the morning. This entire module is based on apparently designed around verisimilitude, so now I must punish you for resting. I mean, you can't punish me more than two hit points, so... (laughs) (laughs) You are at full, and I don't think you actually spent any hit dice, so you should be fine there as well. Uh, Yes, I believe that's right. 
All right, so Tez and crew venture back down the viney shaft into the Twilight Grove. We set some sentries. Did they spot any activity in the room uh, during the the day while we we rested and recuperated? Well, they thought they heard some rustling in the night, but the limits of their dark vision don't quite reach all the way to the floor, and no one was about to climb down to look. Aside from the rustling, nothing came up, nothing attacked. There weren't wasn't any light source, uh, certainly no glowing snakes. So then I will carefully, as uh, as we are descending the vines, uh, make an inspection of the area to see what, if anything, has been disturbed from the way that I carefully laid it out previously. Um, you know, is there any evidence that maybe another group of bugbears are lying in wait? Give me a survival check thing is you're good at some things and you're not so great at other things and sometimes you just need onatar's blessing <laughs> sometimes you just gotta pray uh and pray i did uh 10 plus 3 plus 2 15 you can see new tracks that look like the claws of giant rats mm-hmm. and a few more that don't look like feet at all it looks like a small creature and then you look at them closely and you think about it and now it seems like it's a mobile bundle of sticks. It's twig blights. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and we believe that the twig blights are capable of scouting. Yes. For Belak. And communicating with Belak. Yes. Okay. So now there is a rough passage off to the right that you have not been down. Let's head that way, but carefully. Check for traps. I listen at every turn i absolutely understand they have bugbears down here that could be lying in wait and i don't want to spring one of those traps again if i can at all avoid it bugbears for days you need even bugbears it still smells like burnt hair good let that be a deterrent (laughs) all right so let's do this give me a stealth check a perception check and an investigation check all right, is this like roll three and then assign them to each of those, or? <laughs> uh, no, just like as a group, give them to me, and then we'll sort of use them as you're moving through the the area. Okay, so stealth is, uh, and I think in fairness, I can't really use guidance on any of these, right? Because these are kind of prolonged uh, checks, right? You could you could on one, but that means Erky is basically dedicated to either helping himself or the or someone else, and you can't yeah. use it on stealth. Yeah, right. Okay, so, well, stealth is a 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, perception. Uh, that's pretty good. 12 plus 4 is also a 16. And then the last one was uh, investigation. Mm-hmm. For traps. Yeah, this is where it goes poorly. Hey, you know what? All things considered, not so bad. Uh, Meepo is trained in investigation <laughs> at a plus 1. So we have a 15. My lowest roll was actually the stealth check. It's just that I'm magnificent at stealth. (laughs) Exemplar. So magnificent at at stealth that you're all able to uh, keep to the shadows and and move quietly. Remember, the ground here uh, is sort of like covered in uh, a thin layer of what feels like topsoil. So that muffles your, your footsteps. But there are a couple times you're able to sort of like keep Meepo from, you know, snapping uh, one of the roots that is digging out through the walls and creeping into the passageways. 
I like to think that Meepo is just sort of absent-minded. <laughs> so it's it's less that he's accidentally doing this and more that he's actively losing track of the fact he's supposed to be sneaky and just, you know, going and snapping twigs. Think of it this way. His entire life up to this point has been taking care of a dragon. Uh-huh, like, I know. nothing seems dangerous. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> he hasn't been set on fire in days or, right. uh, I guess, say, you know, uh, inhaled in ice. <laughs> Oh, we will kill the outcast and fight twig blights and skeletons and horrible undead? Okay. Yeah, Mipo's stone cold. <laughs> he's got a thousand yards stare and he's never seen a thousand yards distance in his life. <laughs> and then after lunch, what will we do? Right. You can see there's a mixture here of like well-carved, fine passageways, very good stonework. And then other areas that seem like they've they've caved in. And some of this seems to have shifted under the, the weight, and you would guess from the horrible cataclysm that sent this entire citadel deep into the ground. So some areas are just sort of completely caved in and others are, are opened anew. But the only real way forward curves off to the left. You come to a stone archway above which is written in draconic script... You put your heads together and like the, the literal meaning of this is uh, don't stop. But the the subtext of it, the the way that you think you would actually translate it is something along the lines of we'll never die. There's also sort of like an imperativeness about it. If you really had to like sort of translate it maybe poetically, you know, it's one word over an archway, right? It might be something like inexorable. That is ominous, and I'm happy that we have a local native Draconic speaker to help us through this nuance. (laughs) (laughs) Because Meepo also speaks Draconic. On the other side of the archway is a long room with alcoves on either side that all seem to have something different inside them. Uh, And then at the far end, you can see a bit more of that purplish light um, off to the side. So you can't see directly, but there are these rooms immediately, and then the way continues further on the other side. You can continue sneaking around. You can you can look around. Yeah, I mean, I think we want to continue sneaking around. Is mm-hmm. it still covered in soil, this area? Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I think we'll continue sneaking through and, and be extra careful on the investigation. Um, you know, kind of creeping up to each alcove and you know like mm-hmm. peering around the corner kind of thing just making sure there's nothing lurking in there obviously we've seen the behavior of many of the native fauna is <laughs> prone to trap so we don't want to walk into any of those all right so with that south of 16 you keep to the sides of the room and you can peer into the alcoves on the side and it quickly becomes apparent that this is a place that sort of mixes the old with the new it seems extraordinarily ancient the you know the room itself and some of the things in here large stone tables what look like used to be frescoes that have long since worn away mm-hmm. but then in places there are things like a wooden barrel uh, that you know has been smashed in and is is old but it certainly isn't a thousand years old right and in other places there are you know, just slightly dusty beakers and glass vials, and you sort of take stock of it. Erky says, 
those are the makings of an alchemist kit. Hmm. Interesting. There are containers on the tables that hold mashed leaves, fungus, bark, uh, what you eventually determine is powdered roots. Erky, do you know anything about alchemy? He doesn't have any tool proficiencies, oh, but he does have medicine, right? He does have medicine, yeah. Okay, yeah, give me a medicine check. Uh, not so bad. Um, 13 plus 4 is 17. So he examines these, and the strange thing that he notices is they're, they're all sort of like gray. And that makes sense with fungus, but these are like clippings from a tree or, or a shrub or some berries. But instead of being vibrant and full of life or even dried up, it looks like they were maybe sun-starved, like, like the, the vitality has been sucked out of them. Does it remind us of the twig blights? In the sort of same sickly way that they look a bit diseased and also the the vines that uh, uh, enabled access to the Twilight Grove, yes. Okay. And uh, can he tell sort of what the materials here would be attempting to like combine and create through alchemy? Hmm. It was a 17? Yes. He's not... Sure. If he would have, if he had to guess, right? He's also a cleric. If he had to guess, it would be the application of the thing that is being investigated here is the application of negative energy. Hmm. Okay. He has religion as well. He would know that that is something that's used in the creation of the undead. Twigbloods aren't undead, so he can only sort of surmise. He does find essentially like a vat of uh, uh like a viscous purple liquid. Hmm. Um, that he identifies as being run through with negative energy. So like Maybaran energy? Yeah, exactly. He sort of thinks about it for a second. For a cleric of one of the sovereign hosts, who are generally generally good, Mm -hmm. um, this doesn't seem to freak him out. He seems far more intrigued by it. And actually he turns to you and says, do you have that whistle? I produce Nightcaller. He takes the whistle from your hand, pulls a a thread off of uh, his tunic, ties it around it so he can sort of lower it, and he lowers it into the liquid. And it comes out completely dry, and he hands it back to you and says, I think I recharged it. I mean, only one way to find out. Only one way to find out. And I brought Skelebro with me. <laughs> Dump out old bones. It's the return of the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I will. I'll pull Skelebro out of my bag, uh, set him on the ground respectfully. I'm not just going to dump him. Right? He is our friend. Very kind. Sort of. And uh, <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'll blow Nightcaller. It's not a noise, it's a sound in your minds. And the bones knit themselves back together. As far as you know, you can only do this once a week. Uh, and you can see, again, the, the runes on it fade away like it's been used. So it does seem like uh, it, it totally worked, and Skelebro is back. Skelebro. Skelebro, I command you to dab. It dabs. Perfect. It, it looks around for a hater's grave. When it doesn't see one, it dabs where it is. Tez and Meepo, dab in response. Erky, 
lets you do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> Erky's <laughs> above this. That okay, okay. So interesting. So my thought actually was that they were experimenting with creating the apples, but it doesn't seem like there's any evidence that the uh, the apples that they were sending and selling off were uh, necessarily part of this ritual or this experimentation. Right. You don't see anything like that. However couple other things you definitely do notice although okay give me another stealth <laughs> a couple of things we definitely notice is <laughs> the creatures creeping up on us it's a it's a gorilla but it's made of fire it's maybe <laughs> called a fire gorilla guy <laughs> uh 14 plus 6 20 i'm stealthier when i'm staying still it's true and blowing whistles <laughs> So in two more alcoves, you notice things that definitely pique your interest. In one, you find what you can only sort of describe as an arcane apparatus. It's definitely broken. And inside it, you see what look like the fossilized remains of several dragon eggs. Oh. You can tell because they're really big and they're scaly. Uh, Oh, and Meepo's like, hmm, yes, the dragon eggs. Uh, I will immediately make a sketch in my notebook. Uh, oh yeah, I guess I, I haven't mentioned this, but I'm all, all these frescoes and anything like, you know, the doorway, anything like that. I'm, I'm definitely just making a quick sketch in my in my book. Sketches, rubbings, everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Do you try to? I don't. Do you try to take them or talk to them or anything? Uh, yes. Okay. God. Yes. <laughs> This, I, what would Indiana Jones do? Yes, he'd grab it. I try to replace it with a sack <laughs> full of dirt, roughly the same weight. What would Gary Gygax do? Uh, your entire hand disappears into a sphere of annihilation. <laughs> so when you try to move them, you realize that, yeah, they're fossilized. They're stone, but they're like frozen in place and, and to each other. Like completely solid. You can't budge them at all. But you do notice actually the remains of another non-fossilized egg and you look at it and with one look you can tell it is the shell of a white dragon egg calstrix uh you would definitely guess you look at the positioning of this and you can see that all of these were laid in this apparatus but the calstrix egg seems to be sort of a little bit further away from the others Give me, give me an Arcana check. With Onatar's blessing, that is a total of twenty. I love that it's all three of you together now working on this, putting your heads together. I, look, we're all academics and Meepo, <laughs> <laughs> who's just blind luck. Who is just inspirational. Yep, just just has a feeling about things. So Erky points out. Um, I mean, he's a gnome, right? Or he's a gnome. He points out uh, what was probably a repository for the power source. Um, and, you know, he sort of scrapes his finger together and says, hmm, yes, yes, uh, dragon shards, long, long since decayed. Mm. Judging from the age of this thing, it is extraordinarily old. Mm-hmm. Stasis field or something, and, like, it went offline. That would make sense, uh, except that there was one that was kept in stasis long enough, and either it got shut off or something like that, but it was actually able to hatch. Uh, and as far as you can tell, judging from the age of Calstrix, about 50 years ago. Oh, 50 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, my... Okay. I thought you were going to say three years ago, and I was like, hmm, coincidence. <laughs> okay. So, predates the day of morning. Got it. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. So that's that room. And then in another room, you find a dead rat. Except that this rat is splayed out like a dissection. Although I shouldn't say dissection. I should say vivisection. Vivisection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't look like it was cut open like an autopsy. Instead, through most of its organs and sprouting out through its fur are those same twisted roots. On one of the uh, lab tables next to it, you see a dark violet liquid in a glass decanter. Uh, The similar liquid to what was in that vat? Uh, Similar qualities, but not the same liquid. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to find out what's in that without drinking that sarcophagus juice. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I would like to inspect the liquid, preferably without drinking it, uh, to see if between Erky and I we can, or actually Meepo and I, we can figure out what it is. Erky actually gets his head in on this as well. Um, and actually it is his medicine training that, that comes in handy. Um, it it smells vile as soon as you open it, like just death and decay and rot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with just a little bit of experimentation, like a, a few drops on the wooden table quickly decays it. Um, but then quickly lichens grow. Mm. And you determine that whatever is in this is what was injected into the rat. I put the stopper back in it and I slip that in my bag. Yeah, I thought you might do that. Um, I'm going to put this in my inventory as decay bomb. (laughs) (laughs) And you just tell me what it does when I use it. All right. That is, as far as you can tell, everything of note in this area. It does seem clear to you some of this is very old and ancient and was used as some sort of research facility. And then other parts of this have been used quite recently in the last few years, maybe, maybe even a few weeks in some of these areas. And has there been has there been foot traffic through here? Give me survival. It's tough to tell in this topsoil. Uh, four plus two is six. Six. You are unsure. You didn't think to look earlier. This could be your own tracks. Let's keep going. We got a little excited by the academia and didn't get enough of the uh, survival. And that's the choice that we live with. Press onward. And move toward that sickly purple light. The space opens up. And now you're in a room with a high vaulted ceiling. All around is growing, faintly glowing moss and fungus. In the distance, in the far distance, you can hear what sounds like digging. And off to the left in the distance, you can see a door, like a normal-sized door, not even an arch, but carved over it is the bust of a dragon. How far can I see into this room? So it's a very long room, about 80 feet long and maybe 40 feet wide. Okay, is there, and it's it's lit by this, like, bioluminescent lichen? Right. Can I see any other living creatures in here? Living creatures, no. So on in on the sort of the far okay. <laughs> on the far Can side of the living creatures in here. <laughs> on the far side of the room, they're caught between life and unlife. Um, on the far side of the room, there are 
sickly looking grasses that are slowly swaying in. Well, you're not really sure what, because there isn't a breeze in here. When you look carefully, you can see sticking out above it is the head and shoulders of several skeletons that seem to be tending the crops. That's probably your best guess. Um, have they taken any sort of notice of us? Not yet. Uh, and the only obvious way through is that door? Yes, with the dragon's head. Can we creep up to that door without being incredibly obvious? Stealth check. 12 plus 6 is 18. No, 12 plus 7 is 19. All right, they don't seem to notice you. Do you go into the room? Um, I mean, I want to check this door for <laughs> traps and anything else as well, so... Investigation. Ah, that's a good one. 15 plus uh, 1, I think, is Meepo's hmm. investigation. Yeah, so 16. Everything looks good. You quietly open the door, slip in, and close it behind you. Perfect. Dragon-carved granite blocks line this chamber's walls and ceiling, though many are crumbled and broken, leaving stony debris on the floor. A huge marble statue of a rearing red dragon stands in the curve of the western wall. The eye sockets of the dragon are empty, but a red glow lingers there, providing reddish light throughout the chamber. In its chest is also a hole that glows red. A five-foot diameter circular tile of dark stone is set in the floor in front of the dragon statue. Runes are carved around the circular tile's inner edge. My turn to talk? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, let's take a look at those, uh, okay, those runes okay. and see if we can read them. Yeah, it says in Draconic, let the sorceress power illuminate my spirit. Does this look like one of those freaking fountains again? Yes, it looks exactly like one of those fountains again. I cannot believe I'm about to do this. I read them aloud. Uh, And when you do, the tile glows, and suddenly it feels like flames shoot up. Oh, come on. To envelop you. However, they don't burn. It's a fire snake. No, it's not, it's not a fire snake. Um, instead, you hear a voice in your mind. Your mind. mind. It has gravity and knowledge. And you look over at Meepo and Erky, and you can tell that they're hearing the same thing as well. It begins to tell a tale. It, rather than sort of like hearing a story, it's almost like the information and images are put into your mind and it's happening to all of you at the same time you can tell you know you figure out you're all seeing and hearing the same thing at the same time Mm -hmm. Uh, and it tells of a great dragon a great wise and powerful dragon who did not want the world to lose the gift of him (laughs) so he needed to find a way to extend his life and he searched and searched for different ways negative energy and an undeath stasis fields packed with otherworldly entities from the plains he he decided well perhaps undeath was the thing to pursue for now in fact he knew of some dragons who had dealt with elves and though he had a distaste for elves their work seemed promising and so he made a deal with a vampire mm. to learn the secrets of undeath 
In order to do that, he went far away from his home in Argonessence to a place that did not matter, a place where he could be hid away, an unimportant place on another continent where he set up a, an area to research and he brought necromancer elves from Zendrik to teach him their ways. Necromancer elves from Zendrik. So these were drow? Or were there actual elves on Zendrik at one point too, not just Aaron all? There were elves at one point. As far as you know, that was like 40,000 years ago. The, okay. You can't tell uh, if it would be drow or what you know as sort of like regular elves. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, from a dragon's perspective. So sure. it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to make a difference. You notice there's no mention of a Baylor, mm. but you don't know when this was written, right? I want to, like, inspect around the statue then, because there's that glow from it. That almost makes me think, like, that could actually be the origin of the Baylor heart tale <laughs> or something. So I, want, I would like to inspect this room for any more information, I guess, uh, just kind of carefully looking around. All right. In that case, give me a perception check. 14 plus 4 is 18. You start looking around, and you can't really tell exactly what the glow is coming from the eyes. It, it could just be a magical glamour. But you do find behind the statue a loose stone that reveals a cache. It wasn't particularly well hidden. You think maybe it, it is specifically here to be found by people to whom this knowledge has been imparted. Mm-hmm. And you find a scroll of Scorching Ray, a scroll of Melf's Acid Arrow, and a tome of dragon lore bound in dragon scale and written in Draconic, worth, mm, let's say, 150 gold pieces. Dragon lore tome written in Draconic. I'm going to keep that separate from my total because I think I just found my thesis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, and Scorching Ray and Melf's Acid Arrow are both second level, right? Right. What we know about all this kind of negative energy and, and Maybaran energy uh, and, and the weirdness that was in that like laboratory alchemy area, does this feel like these things are related? Give me a, an intelligence check. Um, and you can... Yeah, Urker can guidance this. You know what? I rolled a six, but I also rolled a four, and that is a straight-up ten intelligence. The thing that you see in common is these are all means to lengthen one's lifespan. It's a common enough trope, the pursuit of immortality, like that's why the wizard becomes a lich. You know, undeath, a vampire, right? A a vampire has a consciousness that is maintained Mm -hmm. in death. The stasis, the eggs held in stasis, I mean... You don't know how long that stasis chamber was on. For all you know, Calcerix was laid thousands of years ago. Right, right. A form of living longer, I suppose. <laughs> An immortality of sorts. <laughs> Definitely making a quick drawing and, and any rubbings that I can from anything in this room, um, noting everything that I observed in that vision or heard in the retelling, right? Like all of that stuff I want in my notebook. And I, I I'm getting nervous honestly as you know as we get further in here that like Mm. this has to come to 
you know, some type of conflict probably with the outcast when there's so much history to be learned here. We're still here. We still have a job to do. And there's still some adult children that we're trying to find. So I guess we got to pick up the packs and get to moving. Why won't someone think of the adult children? I know. Okay. So from here, you can see a couple of ways out. And you peer out one door and see more of these sort of like arboretum-like spaces. There are sickly-looking grasses and skeletons tending to them with, you know, actual farm implements, hoes and sickles and things like that. They don't seem to be doing um, anything other than that. There don't seem to be patrols or sentries. Then I will live and let unlive. Erky pauses for a second and then says, hmm... All right, all right, fine. Yes, yes. We have we have bigger things to do here. You get it. The way ahead leads uh, into uh, stairs down and then a passage and then stairs up. And you realize that you've actually gone underneath one of these arboretums. Uh, and then you enter what looks to be the living area or what used to be living quarters. Okay. Uh, there are empty rooms that you know, have long since, the furnishings have long since uh, rotted away or, or been destroyed or looted. But then you come to a door that isn't open or completely gone like the others. In fact, it is closed and locked, as is the door adjacent to it. Two doors, both locked. Mm-hmm. If you offer to switch, okay, so I'm going to pick one door and try mm-hmm. to open it. And if you offer to switch, I'm going to switch. <laughs> Is that how this problem works? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is lying to you? Uh, give me... Well, I assume you're going to check for traps, so yeah, give me an investigation. I'll, I'll check them both for traps before doing any type of procedure on this door. Uh, 10 plus something or other, plus 1, 11. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. oh, wait. Erky can help. Hang on. Might get mm-hmm. something better. 13. All right. Did that uh, find the uh, <laughs> silenced fireball that you were hiding? <laughs> uh, no, it did not. You're all dead. Again, so many times you've died. So many times. It's no. It's unfortunate. There, it, there seems to be no trap, but give me these tools to open it. Finally, something I'm good at. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no, I'm very good at this. Okay. <laughs> uh 25 i rolled a nat 20 (laughs) it opens easily and more importantly quietly so this is the first door you open it and you can immediately see this has been lived in it is used it is often used there is is, currently in use (laughs) there's no one in here right now okay a layer of soil covers the floor Rough wooden shelves filled with a scattering of tomes and scrolls line the north and east walls, and a rough-hewn desk stands in the center of the chamber. Fungus on the ceiling provides light, apparently in sufficient quantity to nourish several small bushes and pale saplings that grow in the soil. So, looking around very quickly, you can see just papers scattered on the table. Mark this as the study of Balak the Outcast. Hmm... Interesting. There are records of seasonal growth, precipitation, harvests for the crops that the skeletons are tending. And he has notes on the surrounding area, including all the way to Mistmarsh, for about a dozen years. I'm going to, yeah, so I'll like quickly pilfer those notes. And then um, if I've gleaned whatever is in there, 
Uh, I will bundle them up into a sheaf. Mm-hmm. This is the closest thing to leverage that I have on this guy right now, other than an actual blade. So I'm going to make sure that I keep those close at hand. Great. Um, give me... I assume you're searching the place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah is there is that is that from a search or should I that, roll investigation? You just see that normally. So give me perception and investigation. Okay, I think... Um, I think given that this area is highly trafficked, uh, I'm going to have Tez stand guard while Erky and me. But there's no way I would do that. Um, <laughs> Tez is going to search while Erky stands guard uh, with and, and Meepo and Tez will do the, the searching. Okay. Uh, oof, the investigation leaves something to be desired. Um, three. Wow. Okay. The perception leaves little to be desired. Eighteen. So you find a scroll of entangle. Oh. A scroll of protection from poison. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> what? Uh, quick, quick, just um, you know, just quick market assessment here. Uh, what's more expensive, a level one scroll of protection from poison or <laughs> a, a vial of antitoxin? <laughs> I believe the scroll. Okay. Because it's a second level spell. Oh, it's a second. Mm, uh, it is. Okay. Is is entangle also second level? First level. Okay. However, you also find cubby holes in the desk that hold 365 gold. Oh my god, this dude needs to get a chest. And four agate gems that are worth 20 gold apiece, so 80 more. Um, so what's that total? 365 gold already. Uh, okay, 445. Mm-hmm. Uh, this math is sketch. Uh, I'm over 1,000 gold now. Wow. Okay, you also find two tomes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One is a tome on druidic theories on the cycle of life and death. You would guess it's probably worth about 150 gold. Okay, all right. And you find a tome titled in Draconic, Treasures of the Fire Lords. And when you open it, it explodes. (sighs) Your perception made you find everything. Your investigation means you did not find the glyph of warding. Uh, Yeah, okay. What's that going to hit me for? So let's see. The radius on glyph of warding is, I think, 10 feet. Is that? Nope, it's 20 feet. Oh, that's everyone. <sighs> Great. All right. All of you give me a dexterity saving throw. All right. Well, there's a chance for some of us. <laughs> uh, is this? Do I have advantage against being charmed by this? <laughs> <laughs> you do not. Uh, okay. Tez has a 16. Meepo has... Meepo has no save proficiencies. Uh, he has one. He has one save. Both of them have one save uh, mm. that you chose, and I believe it was. Uh, so I chose Dex. Um, <laughs> no, it's a one mental save. The mm. spellcasters. So I yeah. believe you chose Wisdom for both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Because that's the good choice. Oh man, uh, Meepo rolled a nineteen, so he has a twenty-one. Ooh. And uh, Skelebro. Rolled a 15 plus 2 is 17. This really doesn't look good for Erky. Oh, there it is. That's a 2. That's just a 2. Ooh. So everyone but Erky saves. Yeah. This is... God, he has advantage on saving throws that are intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Ugh. So Erky takes 23 cold damage. Jeez. What? From the Fire Lords? <laughs> it was all lies. It was all yeah, ice. seriously, all the way down, it was deception. Uh, and then everyone else takes half. So, so half 11. 23 is 11. Okay, well, thank God Meepo got some more hit points. You are lucky, though. 
The cold damage doesn't make much of a sound. <laughs> Fair. Okay, and oh man, Skelebro is wrecked. He's at two hit points. Skelebro. We are all in bad shape, man. I cannot believe that I'm about to ask this question, but here goes nothing. Ishin, is there anything inside Treasures of the Fire Lords worth (laughs) actually reading? (laughs) It mostly seems like... Oh, no. Yeah, now it's just blank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, cool book. (laughs) Um, I'm going to... Yeah... So is it worth what a what a blank book is worth? It was yes, exactly. It's, it's just a regular blank book. It it was only a DC twelve investigation, and yet mm-hmm. and yet here we are. Okay, does it still have a cool cover that reads Treasure of the Fire Lords? Absolutely, intraconic. Okay, all right, uh, a blank book with a cool cover. <laughs> See what I can hawk that for. So that's everything that you find in here. There is uh, another door that leads to the south in this room. Um, I mean, I think we, I know that this is like the cliche of like short rest right outside, <laughs> like the big bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause like I'm literally in his like <laughs> study. I'm going to withdraw to the s- last safe place. Right. Which I think was the, the, the statue room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shrine. Uh, yeah. And we're going to short rest there because we are all wrecked. Okay, do you relock the door behind you? Uh, here's here's what I will do. Um I will set um like uh you know how like if you you leave like a hair on the mm-hmm. the door handle so that if it's turned you know. Mm-hmm. Right? I will set uh, a similar kind of thing so uh, on both doors so I can tell if anybody comes in. <laughs> Though I suppose if anybody goes in they're going to know that we went. <laughs> it's <laughs> co- covered in frost. Covered in frost and and all the papers are gone. <laughs> Wait, let me let me check my extremely secure cubby hole. <laughs> exactly. You know, even as I say it, I'm still going to do it. It's dumb, but I'm doing it in case anybody walks in. That way hopefully I'll have some type of forewarning before walking straight into a trap. Okay, so you retreat, you take a short rest, spend those hit dice. Okay, uh, let's see. How many hit dice do I have? Like three? <laughs> three? You have three, dice? yeah. Okay. Everyone else has a bunch, but Everyone you have else three. This is a pile, yeah. Uh, I don't need that many. I only You also need... have those two potions. Yeah, I know, but those are emergencies. And mm-hmm. I drink potions quickly as a thief, mm-hmm. so that's, that's kind of more of a personal healing plan. Skelebro. Skelebro. How's Skelebro doing? <laughs> I love Skelebro gets a rest. <laughs> It doesn't have any hit dice to spend, though. It does. It has the full stat block. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. No, let's so go. Let's go. Strictly for it. speaking, there's no reason it couldn't spend its two d eight plus two hit points. I'm into it, as it regenerates from weird Mabaran energies. Erky does make a suggestion. Yes. And points to the vial of blighted twig juice. Mm-hmm. It's mostly Mabaran energy, and then points at the skeleton. It's mostly Mavaran energy. Yeah, but I don't look. I don't want Skelly Bro. Skelly Bro is an artifact. Okay, I can't just have him like <laughs> erupt with lichen. <laughs> Skelly Bro, I'm sorry. I can't. I just I can't. I, you're too valuable. You need to be preserved. You belong in a museum, Skelly Bro. Erky shrugs and then like to Skelly Bro says, "I I tried." Skelly Bro. Skelly Bro, you're my best friend. <laughs> 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 don't let Meepo know. Meepo sobs. All right. Just wails. Oh, quietly. He clamps his, clamps his hands on his snout. We are being quiet. Let's do it. All right. With the party mostly patched up, you continue. So back to the study? 
back to the study. I'm gonna check the uh, the warning the the warning uh, fiber that I left uh, over the door. All right. So you were gone about an hour and a half. It is undisturbed. Love that. Gonna just slowly open that door and make sure that it's empty inside. It is. So it looks like uh, everything is the way that you left it, uh, except that uh, the frost has all melted. I hope that ruined his experiments. <laughs> Bastard. Okay. Um. Yeah, let's check the next door then. Uh, check it for traps and then try to finesse it open as quietly as possible. No traps, not locked. Okay, then I'm just going to try and finesse it open quietly. You pull it open and there is a great deal of that sickly purplish light that pours through because in fact on the other side of this door is a wide open cavern and you can see from where you are there's that other door so it it led directly into this room that sickly light makes me nervous i'm taking one of those vials of antitoxin now <laughs> <laughs> this might be the first time in the history of dungeons and dragons i've used a consumable in advance of the moment <laughs> i needed it and not one round after i needed it but i'm taking it i don't know why but i just i I've been sketched out by it ever since I found them on Drin, and <laughs> just feels like that kind of time. How does a hundred gold taste? Oh, um, you know, <laughs> it tastes better when it's a bottle of champagne. It's, it's like uh, when you go to a restaurant and they have that uh, extra piece of gold leaf on it, and you're like, oh, I see. Yeah. I could have gotten truffles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what it's, does it feel like to eat your rent? <laughs> All right, so are you... Oh, I'm drinking it. ...heading forward into this room? And yes, we're going into this room. All right. Carefully, obviously. Skelebro in front. Twigs and roots are piled on the floor of this sagging chamber. The collapsed southern wall opens into a vast cavern. Luminescent fungus on the rough walls and the high roof loom over a twilight grove of sickly briars, bushes, saplings, and other woody plants. Ruined walls and hollow towers protrude from the briars. So when you first entered the citadel, there was a tower that was completely collapsed in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This looks much like that. You can see sort of the outline of a few more rooms, but all of them are basically just broken bits of wall. And then beyond that is an entire natural cavern that opens up. So this is all sort of one big area. And in that larger cave area, pale spindly briars press close, casting twisted shadows on the earth floor in the violet light. And off in the far distance, probably a hundred feet away from where you are, you can see the top of what looks like an old, twisted tree with no leaves. Give me a perception check. Oh my god, this is obviously the most important perception check of my life. I rolled a nat <laughs> 20, plus 4, 24. Onatar's blessing gives me 27. Oh my god. 27. So I am so perceptive. On that far distant tree, here in midsummer, you spot hanging a lone bright red fruit. I know you're here, Belak, you big fucking nerd. Where's my goddamn money? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't shout that out. No, him. you don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but someday I'm going to moon knight somebody. <laughs> 
It's as though I am very concerned that I'm walking into some type of ambush. This is all starting to come together, that this is the source of the, the fruit that gets sent up to the top. Um, obviously, Belak's lab and notes and stuff like that. Haven't seen him expect him to be here somewhere, so I would like to try to figure out where that is. Give me an insight check. You know, it's not the worst insight check in the world, but it is a 12. I rolled a 10. If you had to guess all of this, and even your attention is drawn toward the tree and the fruit. And if Balak is as hands-on in his research, the fruit only happens twice a year. So his, his attentions probably will be focused solely on this. All right. Remember when I talked earlier about leverage, mm-hmm. the importance of having it? Indeed. Uh, is there a path whereby I might ever so sneakily get close enough to cut that apple down and, or, or fruit down and steal it? Do you have flight or spider climb? <sighs> you son of a. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you know goddamn well that I don't have spider climb because it's a useless f-ing spell scroll and I left it about two floors up. Well then. Uh, okay. Um, however, I have the impeccable aim of an expert marksman with a thrown dagger. You do. However, it is 100 feet away from you. A hundred. Okay. Well, daggers have a maximum uh, distance of 60, I think. Uh, 60 feet, so... (laughs) But I can climb at full speed. Can I not climb the stupid tree? If you get to the tree, you can definitely climb the tree. Now, the only path to the tree, unfortunately, is through tall, wavy grass. Does this grass look flammable? It looks like twig blights. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, roughly flammable. All right, (laughs) um... I am currently uh, in my dice tray rolling the Q Workshop dice that were created to raise money for the Australia wild, wildfires uh, <laughs> okay. at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And from that inspiration, I think this is uh, possibly the best thing that I can do for the world by burning this place to the ground. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to flush out Belak the old-fashioned way. Um I'm just going to start burning shit. You're going to light a fox's tail on fire and set it into the fields? Uh, well, um, a fox is one way of thinking about it, but, um, you know, I do have Scalabro. You do have Scalabro. I'm not going to set him on fire, but I'm going to equip him with two torches and send him into the field. I mean, you, you could douse him in oil. Uh, I don't have any oil on me. Um, and I think I've stretched the limits of the value of pitons. Uh, and I'm going to send Skelebro into the field with a torch in each hand, just telling him to set things on fire. Skelebro. Have. Mm, nah, you know what? It happens. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Skelebro puts away its weapons. You hand it a torch in each hand and then light them. And then send Skelebro ambling on its way. So as it approaches the tall grass, it lowers its hands so that the torches themselves are at the height of the grass. And you can see, like, at a certain point, it has sort of inverted the torches in order to get them all the way down to the grass because it doesn't really, like, bend its knees or stoop, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the flames begin to lick up the torches and, and onto its metacarpals, but doesn't seem to mind at all, and walks a direct line through the grass and it begins to burn 
Not like a full raging inferno, but there's definitely smoldering that is spreading. You hear the, the popping and occasional squealing of quick water escaping dry grass and, and twigs. And then every once in a while you hear a louder pop and squeal. Uh, and there's a relatively quick dash of movement as uh, a bit of fire you know, moves 10 or 15 feet to the left or the right before stopping, falling down, and then uh, expanding into a larger little bit of fire that uh, burns away and then turns into just a trail of smoke. Ah, yes, I love this. As, I, as he sets them on fire, they spread the burn through, <laughs> further throughout the, the field. Spreading is what, they're, is what they were designed to do. Uh, so this happens five times as Scalabro makes it through. So it doesn't totally burn down all of the grass, but it's certainly thinned. Uh, and But now you can see that uh, twig blights are beginning to converge on the skeleton. Does this feel like sufficient distraction <laughs> that I can creep <laughs> through this grass? And and away, like uh, on the outskirts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you could. Okay. Stealth. Meepo. Erky. I'm going for that fruit. Cover me and bless me. Not bless, but, but you know, like guide me. <laughs> yes, guide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, 13 plus 2 is 15 on dice plus 7, 22. God, I'm so good at sneaking. As they're converging on him, mm-hmm. I'll also like make a like nod to Erky, and he casts Sanctuary. Scalabro. On Scalabro? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've got to make wisdom saving throws in order to attack it? In order to attack him, yes. <laughs> For a minute. What's the DC? Uh, 12. You you move to the edge of the, the cavern. There's mm-hmm. a, basically the... You're almost touching the rock wall. You're still moving through thick grass, but you can see that all of the twig blights have begun to move toward the center and therefore away from you. They approach the skeleton, which is still flaming, but has not been directed to attack with these torches. Correct. Even though they would be effective. It's just trying to light things on fire by waving these torches sort of lazily through the grass. So they come up to it and begin stabbing it with needles, but probably about half of all of their swipes go awry. They're sort of like arrested in mid-motion they stop and then they try to attack again so it looks like the sanctuary is having a slap fight a, a great effect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> uh, but some of them are still getting through and each time the needle-like fingers jab at it you can see there are splinters of bone that fly off mm-hmm. at this rate you probably have three rounds before it's completely destroyed with any luck and enough cutting action that'll be enough time all right you continue to move A walled clearing is here among the briars. The walls are about 20 feet high, which is less than half the height of the cavern's ceiling. Several varieties of plants grow around the perimeter of the clearing, including a few suspicious-looking saplings, but their importance pales before that which stands at the courtyard's center. Beneath the fungal light grows an evil tree. Its twisted limbs reach upward like a skeletal hand clawing its way out of the earth. Before it stand a few twig blights, a heavily armored young human man with a shield and sword, a young human woman in a robe fit for a noble, and a middle-aged, bearded human man wearing a hooded brown robe and armed with a staff and a sickle. The younger humans have dark eyes with no pupils and gray skin with the texture of bark. 
I have been waiting for you. Balak the outcast, so because of course this is who it is, looks down at one of the twig blights, nods and says, We've heard much about your coming. So much for that stealth roll, huh? You avoided many, many twig blights. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Balak, I say shouting loud enough for my companions to hear me and begin approaching. (laughs) What's it gonna take? Take? For what? For this whole... nonsense to stop. Nonsense? Well, judging from what you've seen here, I I, I would agree. Much nonsense has happened here. But I think you might find I have a worthwhile proposition for you. Will it involve getting the adult children back to their mother? He looks at the woman who you know to be Sharwin, although she certainly doesn't look to be Sharwin right now. Right, right. And he says, I think these two have no desire to go back to any adult human parents. (sighs) Okay, let's hear the offer. I offer you nothing less than immortality. And we'll find out what happens next, (laughs) next week. Let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. And what do we have planned for next week's episode? We are continuing this playthrough of Sunless Citadel, and we'll find out what exactly Balak is offering. Well, that's it for actual play episode 12 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name. But either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. 